0: The talk this evening (coughs) is on being prepared. In this talk this evening, I wish to speak about the necessary qualifications that are required of one in order that that one may know and see the highest. And these qualifications are in fact enjoined upon one, are necessary in order that one can see and understand what truth is. there is of course a strong urge and desire to know and there's a tremendous amount of inquiry going on in different uh, things because people have different objectives a tremendous amount of Uh, specialization going on, in order that one acquires and gains new knowledge. And of course it is something rightly encouraged. Similarly, this desire, this need to know, also works in terms of dharma, in terms of practice, in terms of existence and in terms of the highest. to ne- The need to know, to find out what the highest really is, what it means. But the highest cannot be known in terms of understood, unless there is, there already, with the person, the necessary qualifications, meaning that one is prepared. Without preparation, nothing can be known, in terms of the essential immaculate Dharma. So, what are some of the factors which are really, really necessary in order that one can, right from the ground, begin to work and develop and grow from ground level? There is one major, major factor which really has to be there. I cannot see a person coming to the highest understanding unless this basic preliminary factor is there. And that is a genuine disinterestedness to what we call the ways of the world. Unless that is there, the person cannot gain that deeper insight and understanding, which is also necessary. As long as a person is really thinking and orientating their life towards material satisfaction, comforts, prosperity, name and fame, status position, property, influence. As long as the mind is directed towards that, then there is very little possibility of understanding what truth and freedom really is. The person needs to be truly inwardly disinterested in all of that Having no taste nor time for it in order to come to much deeper levels. That doesn't mean to say, of course, that there are no tendencies in that direction. It doesn't mean to say that the interest is completely uh, gone altogether. But in actual but in actualities of the main body of interest is not there. If I may just say from, uh, speak with regard to this, in terms of uh, my experience, in terms of observation, as one who's been concerned the Dharma these past nine years, I've met many, quite a lot, many people in fact, who follow, who are sincerely dedicated or interested, in Dharma, and one might even take into consideration people who uh, have taken a particular way of life. They have uh, become ordained. They have shaved their heads. They have led a, a life of in the forest and a life of isolation. Those those people who went into it uh, because they were encouraged to by their parents, uh, because they just wanted to do it because of some impulse. Those people who uh, were ushered into it because of financial difficulties and so forth didn't progress and don't progress very far and deep. Because there is still a kind of uh, yearning and wanting for that but perhaps through failure, perhaps through just not succeeding, then they take this, what becomes a rather alternative lifestyle. Whereas those who have lived life in terms of the material plane and have experienced it and seen it to be what it is, really nothing, quite empty, and feel no, nothing towards it. Those are the ones who who have gone much further and much deeper in terms of their insight and understanding. A genuine, a real, deep, gut-level dispassion to the material plane. Just seeing it just as it is. The old saying about uh, having one's cake and eating it is really true in that if you if there is cake there and you want it, the cake has to go in terms of eating it and people who have been in the in the, the world of activity and have as it were received or experienced what is called the good things of life. <coughs> and have really eaten it up and seen it as nothing. Such people are truly ready for the most essential Dharma. One would say, of course, in terms of the motivation and intention of the mind, there is, with the majority of people, in actual fact, a mixture of both. There is a the wish to know what true freedom and the joy of it really is, yet also there is a very strong attraction and pull towards success in some particular sphere or other, status, influence, wealth, and so forth. And there's a there's a, a mixture in the mu- in the mind of both. One would say of such people who have who are wa- are interested in, who want both, their life by and large will be a happy life, it will be a reasonably contented sort of life, and there will be a certain amount of degree and harmony and unity in that life. There's no no question about that. And the person will find that in the right spirit much of what they need and want from the the world of objects, the world of things, will come their way. And the the Dharma will be there for them, which will be, as it were, a check on their minds that they don't get too lost, too involved, and therefore, when the Dharma serves as a check, one doesn't bring upon oneself all manner of different sufferings. So the Dharma serves the people also who wish to enjoy the good things of life now what what are some of the the uh, qualifications which are needed though I just mentioned a few minutes ago about people who go into the ordained way of life it should be understood that it's certainly not necessary at all not necessarily necessary at all that one has to physically leave everything behind that one has to lead a celibate life that one has to go to the forest, the cave, the monastery the ashram, the vihara or whatever, that is not necessary, but to gain deep, real insight, genuine insight, mentally everything has to be left behind. Mentally everything has to be left behind. It cannot, that understanding and insight, cannot in fact come about by just wishing to leave everything behind. It is by clearly seeing that whether you wish it or whether you don't, everything actually is left behind. The fact is, you have no say in the matter. I have no say in the matter. Everything has to be left behind. Your husband, your lover, your mother, your father, your possessions, your body, the trees, the flowers, it all has to be left behind. By the very nature, it takes place. All that Dharma says is, see the truth of it. Whether you like it or not, so see the truth of it. Not because one is trying to develop a life-negating view or a world negating view it is not for that reason it is because in all of that involvement one misses the truly immaculate so let us see let us let us look at some of the basic uh, qualifications, and one of them is and it is well worth bearing in mind, is the ability to leave things behind mentally, mentally. And that is simple (laughs) little acts of renunciation, little acts of just letting things go. You see something, somebody doing something, your urge is to go to them and tell them what they ought to be doing. Tell them or try and put them straight. The moment that one does that, one sets oneself up in authority. They should be n- not be doing this, they should be doing that. Dharma is to leave it, go- let it go. Let it go. When one sees, that is especially, when one sees the mind is in a state of annoyance, sometimes it's necessary to speak. Dharma is to have the strength to speak. So Similarly, when one goes outside, when one goes into the city, into the town, you walk through the streets, one experiences this touch upon the eyeball as you're walking by the shop. And so the head goes, Dharma is to keep walking, leave it behind. There's much more joy to be discovered in your own being than they'll ever be from getting it out, something out of the shop window. Dharma is to see, look, here in my mind there are things which I want. Clothes which I want, books which I want, friends which I want, things for my house which I want, etc, etc. Each time that the one, oneself sees, there is something that I want, Then the question comes for one who's leading a truly life, is it a real necessity for my life? Is it an absolute must? And if the moment you see it's just something, it's it's a a luxury. It's a luxury. It's something to show off or it's something to show to somebody else or it's something just to flatter me or to build me up or whatever. Dharma is to let it go. one might say in this that because of the way of the world at the present because of the amount of exploitation of the materials because of the amount of suffering which exists on the planet enormous incredible suffering people who haven't many people who haven't been out of australia perhaps have not seen what suffering is in the material plane just perhaps time time to time and a road accident or All of this really helps to give one more and more strength, more and more strength. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, a great, great saint of this world, a great, great soul, said to me, one of the last things that, she's, that she said to me when I had a conversation with her was, always be prepared to share in the passion of the Lord. Always be prepared, she said to me, to share in the passion of the Lord. Because in terms of Christian terminology, in order to rise, one has to die. In terms of living situations, To share in the passion of the Lord means in fact to know what difficulty and what suffering is and to learn how to accept it when it comes. If one can't do it with the little things of life, small things which come, it's going to be quite impossible to do with the big. Because the big waves come. Learning what it means to, with the small little things and, and being able to forbear, being able to withstand little difficulties, being humble enough to begin at the smallest little thing and to, if necessary, to let it go or be detached from it or to give something up or to make a little sacrifice with the smallest, smallest thing. To begin with that and from that one can grow. This is the, the the, way of Dharma in daily life. It doesn't require any sort of leaving of the world. It is to understand. The Buddha has given seven factors for awakening. And these factors begin to grow in the person as they begin to develop. The first one is mindfulness, attention. The other is inquiry, investigation. And then others include joy, calmness, relaxation, concentration, equanimity. As a person begins to grow in Dharma, these qualities of mind begin to be seen and recognized in oneself more. Mindfulness is men. There is more happiness in one's life. A genuine inner type of happiness. (coughs) More equanimity is there. And all of this, again, is providing and giving one a much stronger and much firmer foundation in one's life. And then one hears Dharma, or one reads a line of Dharma, or something that one was there in the memory from the past, comes forth, and you intuitively understand it. Intuitively, it's clear, it's clear, there's no problem or difficulty with it. Because all that preparation has been made. So, with regard to oneself, and with regard to One's, one's own life, always being humble enough to see what needs to be done, if anything, with re- in terms of one's own development and growth.